Blog Talk Radio. Commissioner T, uh, you know, all the best laid plans of mice and men often go astray. And though I am here live, I'm not sure if I'm here live. So I'm going to bring on Dr. Train so that I know that I'm here live. So let me just bring on Dr. Train. Dr. Train, welcome to the Madden Voice. What up, T? Okay, good. I, I was having some sound issues right up until... We went on the air, and the only way that I know if I'm actually live is if you can hear me. So, <laughs> welcome. Well, to yes, we can hear you, brother. Happy sixth uh, anniversary for the Madden Voice. Happy third well, anniversary. Thank you. Well, well, thank you, thank you, Doctor Train. Um, I, I I appreciate that. Now, because I wasn't sure, because the little light that I normally have on my uh, my little headset, my little light isn't lit up. So I'm like, I hope people can hear me because this has happened before. Um, so hang tight, Doctor Train. Don't go anywhere. What I want to do now, because Dr. Train let the cat out of the bag, but that's okay. That's what he's here to do. That's fine. What I want, what I want to do, though, is I want to play. This is, this is the Madden Voices 6th anniversary. It's actually March 20th, but it's close enough to six years. Uh, 182 shows, including tonight's show, for the Madden Voice over a six-year period, and there's a lot to talk about as I look back on the history of the show, and there's a lot to talk about because we're going to talk NFL free agency, and if you haven't been watching uh, NFL Network, ESPN, for the last four hours, it has just been, I can't even keep up between preparing for the show and watching all the moves that are being making, I, just, I can't even keep up, but before we get into all of that, I want to just go down memory lane just for a split second, and I want to go back to show number one, March 20th, 2008. Check this out. Love Talk Radio. Welcome. This is the inaugural edition of a Tech That Music. You gotta like it. All right. Uh, welcome to the inaugural edition of EAFL Madden.com Radio. This is the Commissioner T, as I have known, and this is really just a dry run. I've, I've never used Blog Talk Radio before, so this is a uh, a dry run to see how this is going to work out. 
and uh, to kind of give it a shot. So we're going to see how it goes. We are expecting a special guest to be calling in any time now. The uh, uh, prime time king, if you will, is supposed to be calling in any moment and joining us. Uh, and, and it should be fun. We're going to talk about Madden. We're going to talk about the league. And, um, you know, it, it should be a good time. So uh, we expect to get some emails from guys in the league. And uh, I, I think I think we're going to we're going to have a good time for the next uh, up to an hour. Uh, should be it should be okay. Let's let's see if this is prime time, King. Prime time, is this you? What's up, T? Hey, there he is. <laughs> we have live with us the prime time King, affectionately known as Vince, uh, first guest on the new live EAFL Madden.com radio show. And uh, hopefully, there's guys out there in the league listening and and enjoying the show. And uh, yep. hey, uh, so what? You, you know, we used to call you. Uh, okay, uh, so <laughs> a little, a little, you know, a, a rookie, an amateur. Uh, my first time doing a, a, and and back then, for those uh, fans of the show, um, we were doing. We had actually transitioned from a podcast to that being the first live show. We used to use another site, um, I can't remember the name of it, like mypodcast.com or something, and we did a handful of shows, and I really didn't like it. I just, I, you know, I felt like I was talking to myself. I had people, you know, um, join me, but it, it just wasn't good. And a member of the EAFL Madden League that we had going strong back then said, hey, man, you got to check out this up-and-coming site called Blog Talk Radio. Um, we did a little show on there. You may want to check that out. At that point in time, there were no Madden shows uh, on the air. There were no Madden shows, no live Madden shows. There, there was really this, this, this Madden uh, blog talk site that is simply blown up now. And, you know, people like Tavis Smiley and Rob Van Dam and people like that have shows on here now. But back then, it was really a small up-and-coming site. And so I said, well, I'll give it a try. It costs a few bucks. But, you know, something I wanted to do for the, the, the Madden League that we were trying to grow. And, um, Wow, it did for the Madden community in the world of Madden video gaming uh, was was just insane. And now there's you know the game uh, game the game changers program now uh, hosted by Shotmaster. He has a show, and you know there's other leagues that do shows. And you search Madden now on Blog Talk Radio, and you you get tons of shows now. Well, back then it was really us. We were we were kind of the uh, pioneers. And uh, six years later, it's just loaded. So, um, and, I, and I have some other clips I'm going to play in a little while. But that is how we started. EAFL, uh, Madden, Video Gaming. The guy I just introduced, Dr. Tristan, every week, knows he won our very first Madden Super Bowl. And, um, you know, we'll always carry that title around affectionately with him. And uh, we then later on segued into NFL talk. But we'll, we'll get all into that. But let me now bring in... Um, the other co-host, who actually I am reminded after going through archives, is actually on his second stint as a co-host with me. But let's bring on the man, one of the best Madden players in the world, also co-hosted or uh, 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 guest starred on Madden Nation Season 4, which aired on ESPN. You can find it on uh, 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 YouTube or uh, iTunes. And uh, if you go on Twitter, Ali Quick, he'll teach you how to play the game of Madden. Um, and uh, we know him as K-Star. K-Star, welcome to the Madden Voice. What's going on, fella? What is up? Okay. Six years. I've only been on two of them. Seems like, you know, you've progressively gotten better, T, clearly. 
Uh, I try. Um, you know, <laughs> you know. I, I mean, uh, you do the best you can. I, I certainly, you guys have helped me and helped the show. And um, when I look back at where the show has come, I'm very happy with what we've given first the Madden community and now the NFL community. I think we uh, talk about the game from a little bit of a different angle than what I hear on other shows and what I see on television. And I think that, um, you know, I, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy having you guys on here. And clearly, based on the listenership, there's enough people out there that are enjoying what we're doing that keep us keep us going. So, um you know, we're going to keep at this and, 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 and until we decide not to. That's, that's just how I look at it. Um, our other co-hosts, uh, and that would be, uh, uh, did I lose K-Star already? Our other co-host, K-Star, welcome back. Um, our other co-host, and that would be JB, better known as Jason, my younger brother, will be joining us shortly. Uh, family obligations. As you guys all know, we don't get paid to do this, but we enjoy doing it. We enjoy talking to you about football and about what's going on in the NFL and all the free agent moves. And, you know, this is going to be a pretty action-packed show because in four hours there have been a lot uh, of moves. Um, but let, let me start with probably, probably arguably the news of the day in the NFL, and that was uh, the Cowboys, my Cowboys, releasing DeMarcus Ware. Um, it was the news of the day because DeMarcus Ware is, is um, you know, a 10-time pro bowler. He's one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Um, you know, it would be highly unlikely that he won't be a first ballot Hall of Famer, um, you know. I mean, what the guy has done as a linebacker, now DF, defensive end, is, you know, there's probably a handful of players that can say they've done what he's done. Um, and, you know, I have some thoughts on it, but let me, let me, let me go to my co-host because, you know, I know from an, in, from an inside position how I feel about it. But what do you guys think? I'm going to start with Train in the NFC. Train, when you heard DeMarcus Ware was being released by the Cowboys, what were your thoughts? Uh you understand the move from a only from a business money perspective uh, uh but i would consider it a bit of a surprise because you know there are other players <laughs> who i think they can afford to get rid of and, and he wasn't he wasn't one of them he was definitely a pillar and even though he had a season uh where he had a few injuries to me he still could play at that level uh, as long as he's healthy, everyone gets injured, you know, every every now and then. But he's been uh, mostly healthy for for the majority of his career. So it, it, that's one of those moves that I I think and I, I think Dallas could have handled a little differently. Uh, whether he's worth that amount, I mean, that is up that is up in the air. But when healthy, this dude play at a high level. Okay, K Star. Hey, Star, did we lose you? No, I'm right here. Uh, DeMarcus Ware, I don't like the, the release. I mean, of course, there's business reasons as to why they do it, mainly because the Cowboys are broke and they couldn't afford a player of that caliber. But the guy, to me, is still an elite player, still an elite pass rusher, dealt with a few injuries this past season. Uh, but, again, a guy like that you don't really find every day. It's hard to draft someone as good as he, uh, as, good as, he is, as you said yourself, to probably a first-out Hall of Famer. And just a guy who I still think skill-wise can rush the quarterback, and that's one of the most important positions in the league, defensive end, 
offensive linebacker, just pass rush specialist. So I don't see why the Cowboys don't try to. Well, I'm sure they try, but that they, they didn't successfully uh, restructure a deal with the Marcus to keep him a Cowboy. Um, they kind of knew when they signed that Romo contract a year ago uh, some of the risks involved, and some and looks like one of the casualties is the Marcus Ware, and that is very unfortunate for the Dallas Cowboys. Well. I can. I see. I already have to start teaching lessons. Romo restructured this year to make salary cap room. So even though he got a big contract last year, he's he's already restructured to free up room. Um, bottom line is the Cowboys and the Redskins both were penalized um, for some some um, mistakes that were made, and they were penalized five million. And that this is the last year of that penalty. They were over the cap. Even though the cap's going up to 133 million, they were over the cap. They did try to negotiate with Demarcus. Demarcus is 32. This is probably his last, um, you know, good contract. This is it. Um, you know, at 32, you figure you're going to get three to five years out of him if he's healthy. So he wants, you know, he wants market value. Uh, you know. And so I don't think the Cowboys wanted to lose him. He's a leader on the field. He's been very reliable, although the last two years his production has has declined a bit. Uh, I, I don't think the Cowboys wanted to lose what, you know, you, the worst thing in the NFL is when you have a guy at 32 like that and he, and he leaves and he goes to another team and, you know, he gets 18, 20 sacks and that team goes into the playoffs and you're sitting home. The Cowboys don't want to see that happen. But at the same time, if you can't afford him, you can't afford him. And releasing him freed up seven million, seven point four million dollars in cap room that they desperately need. So Demarcus, it's really the best move for Dallas, and it's the best move for Demarcus. Dallas needs the cap room. Demarcus gets to test the free agent market. If he can't go out there and land what he thinks he's worth, if he has numbers in his mind of twelve million or whatever the case may be, and they're only talking six million or five million, then maybe he comes back to Dallas and says, "Okay, let's talk again." But I really think, unfortunately for us Cowboy fans, this was the best move. You know, and, and I'll tell you, um, there's, there's nothing worse than losing a franchise player. But if you follow the NFL, it's just part of the game. It's just business. And, and you know, the, the loyalty really isn't keeping the guy here. The loyalty is saying, we're going to let you go test the free agent market. And if you can go out there and make more money for you and your family, then God bless you. You played 10 years with us. You've been loyal. You've, you've only missed, you know, a few games. You've been high, you know, pro, production, been in the Pro Bowls, all pro. Hey, you give, you, you've given us everything. My thank you to you, DeMarcus, is you go ahead out there and test the market. And, hey, if you can't, you know, if, you, if the numbers don't work, and they don't look any different than the numbers we were talking about, then come home. Come to Papa, and let's do this. But I really think that's, you know, that's, that was the best move for everybody involved. But now the question is, you know, you, you didn't have much of a pass rush, rush last year. What will you do now this year? You know, um, Anthony Spencer's a free agent, so uh, hopefully they're not going to let him go too. Jason Hatcher's a free agent. What are you going to do there? So, so to me, the bigger picture is he only had six sacks last year. And, and that's, that's only because of what he's done in the past, averaging around 18 sacks or, or you know, 17, 18 a year. So we'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm not upset about it because the guy, you know, if you can get How? a player like that on your team to give you nine, ten good years, ain't nothing, you know. How many, you know. how many games did he play in last year? I have no idea. I'm he missed. 
he missed three games last year. So he played okay. in 13, and he had six sacks. But, you know, do realize six sacks is also a little deceiving because he's double teamed quite a bit. You know, they, they got a fullback on him. They got a tight end on him. They, you know, they bring in an extra tackle. I mean, he, he gets a lot of attention because of what he's able to do. But, you know, insiders tell me that in the training camp, DeMarcus Ware looked incredible last year. But hurt, he wasn't the same. But he plays through injury as much as possible, you know, and, and now he's had the off-season surgery. So he really is an unknown for next year. You know, you really don't know at 32 what he's going to bring you, considering the last two years has been far below. And I think Dallas, you know, they, they want to get younger, you know. And if he's going to stay with the team, he's going to have to come down on, on his, you know, he's going to have to come down on, on his asking price if he wants to stay with Dallas. But anyway. Uh, let me let me shift to Dr. Train, man. There's a lot going on, man, in uh, in Chicago. Talk to me about what you know. I'm I'm hearing Hester. I'm hearing Peppers, um, Tillman. I mean, what, what do you know about what's going on with your band? Well, man, they're cleaning out. <laughs> they're cleaning <laughs> out, and it's understandable. Um, Tillman is one one player. I wish we could we wish we could keep, uh, but I don't know what his asking price is. Uh, right about now at the age of 33. And uh, he looks primed to join Lovey Smith down in Tampa Bay, considering that Revis will not be in Tampa Bay come next season. That's correct. Um, as far as Julius Peppers, it's, it's almost the same situation with DeMarcus Ware. Pretty much it is the same situation with DeMarcus it's Ware. exactly the same, yeah. You can't pay that guy that much money and not know what you're going to get from him. He's basically not worth what they got, you know, what, what they would end up paying him. That's, that's 18 million against the cap. No. We don't have the same peppers that we signed back in 2010. Uh, those days are gone. Um, and they went out. They got Lamar Houston. I, I think that's big. Uh, they got him pretty much $7 million a year, five-year, $35 million. I think that's a I think that's a pretty decent deal. I forgot exactly what the how much they saved cutting peppers, but it was a lot. And uh, then they're also trying to add Monday's uh, safety, uh, safety from the Giants. I don't know a whole lot about them. Um, but, you know, with Devin Hester, you know, Devin Hester is interesting simply because uh, me, me and my cousin had a conversation about this. He made a very good point. It wasn't the Bears that, that hurt Devin Hester. It was the NFL that hurt Devin Hester. When they moved the kickoff up five yards, they pretty much destroyed what value he had to the game because now he's only relegated to a punt return. He's not, uh, he's not, he doesn't have the offensive skills because Chicago tried him at receiver, and that was, a, that was a bad idea in Chicago because they should have primarily kept him at what he was good at, what he what he changed in the game. And at the age of 31, he's definitely not going to be the same as what he used to be. And with the changes uh, the NFL is making towards trying to be safer and, you know, what they've done to, to kick off. And, I mean, his his value has pretty much diminished. So wherever he goes is going to be league minimum. Nobody's going to pay him. They're not even going to pay him as the best returner. I mean, why would you? You can have a receiver or running back do double duty on that. Yeah, you know, and that's that's actually a very good point that, you know, Hester really was impacted by the moving of the kickoff from the 30 to the 35. I never thought of that. Because 
obviously um, it was a there was a huge impact on his uh, kick returns, and um, you know, now you're just talking punt returns, and um, you know it makes a lot of sense. And what you said about Julius Peppers, I mean, um, I heard that that I don't know how much they free up, but had he stayed, it would have cost them around 18 million. And you know, yeah. you get to the point where. You know, and, and unfortunately, this is what, you know, you, you play, in a, you know, and by the way, I did finally pick up Madden 25. I actually kind of like it, but I play, I, I haven't played online yet. I, I'm playing a franchise mode. But, you know, you know, it's not Madden. I mean, this is real money, real people's lives. And, yeah. you know, when you're, when you're looking around, it's not fantasy football. When you're looking at $133 million and you're looking at if we keep Peppers or we keep, you know, um, we'll talk about another guy, Steve Smith with the Panthers, $7 million cap at 34 years old, $7 million. You know, Revis would have been a $16 million cap hit if they kept him in Tampa Bay. You know, and, now, and I almost NFL, feel like Smith is close to being worth it. And the only uh, reason why I say that is because he still plays at a high level when he's, when he's healthy. I mean, and they don't have anything else. Like they, 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 they haven't brought in anybody. Maybe they plan to. Maybe they make a play for Hakeem Nicks. But Steve Smith was still playing big boy ball. Yeah, but, but here's the problem. He's 34. He's not been playing big boy ball the past couple of years. He's 34. And this draft is, is loaded with wide receivers. Indeed and it so, is. You know, and so, I mean – I mean, I think the bigger issue with guys like Steve Smith, DeMarcus Ware, um, not so much Revis, but Steve Smith, DeMarcus Ware, guys that have played their whole career with one team, is the leadership, you know, um, you know what they bring to women. Does Steve Smith, has he always been a, a Panther? Yes. Yes, his whole career. Okay, whole however, career. totally sure. You know, so, yeah, so, I mean, you know, what they do in the locker room, sometimes you just can't measure and I think that's the bigger void, really, than can you go out and get, you know, a, a wide receiver that's going to get you 80, 90 passes, uh, you know, either in free agency or in a draft? Probably, you know. I mean, uh, the New England didn't miss a beat when they let Welker go, and he was 120 passes a year. And next thing you know, Edelman's catching 105. So I think you, you can replace the production, but that that – in the locker room presence, you know, especially with a young quarterback like Cam Newton, you know, and that yeah. that's what I wonder what's going to happen next year. Um, let's go over to the Steelers, man. Uh, uh, Ryan Clark, Lamar Woodley, what's going on over in Pittsburgh, Mr. K-Star? We're also cleaning house. I mean, Ryan Clark and Lamar Woodley were very uh, good players and pillars in Steelers' defense for quite a while, but Ryan Clark the past couple of years has not played very well. As he's, I believe, 34, 33. He's getting up there in age. Um, and Lamar Woodley, ever since we signed him to a contract extension a couple of years ago, he's been a bust. Uh, and I don't say that lightly. He's been very disappointing. He does not pressure the quarterback nearly as well as he did the first few years in the league. In the league. He also has hamstring issues that seem to be plaguing him. Um, it wasn't th- that, I actually was pretty happy with the Lamar Woodley uh, release uh, when Pittsburgh got rid of him because I felt like Jason Worldless and uh, uh, Jarvis Jones were better rushers than he, were, than he was last season, but with <laughs> half the salary. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think Ryan Clark has seen the handwriting on the wall because I can't turn on ESPN and not see him there as a commentator. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, clear, oh, yeah. so clearly he's, he, he is prepared to um, not play any more football. I mean, um, 
he's ready. He's ready to. He's, I think ESPN is ready to sign him. You know, um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with, with Ryan Clark and uh, and also with Woodley. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, Woodley's still right. a decent player. He, he'll probably get a pretty decent contract because of his numbers, but he's just not very consistent. I will say though, my the Steelers replaced Ryan Clark already by signing Mike Mitchell, free safety from the Panthers, who's a huge hitter, uh, which I was pretty excited about because Troy Polamalu was re-signed a few days ago uh, to finish out his career as a Steeler, which will give us a really good tandem and a younger, uh, comparable player to Ryan Clark when he uh, signed in Pittsburgh a few years ago. So pretty excited about that. So some other headlines, it's also recently being reported, and this is, not, this is also not a surprise. Miles Austin, uh, they're saying, will be released uh, as of June 1st um, by the Cowboys. Now, we've kind of suspected that uh, in Dallas, in Dallas uh, Nation for a while. Um, frankly, you know, he has, he has not, he, the last two years, Miles Austin really hasn't done much of anything. Um, and, you know, with the emergence of Terrence Williams last year, we're finding that, you know, uh, a number three wide receiver, he's right there. Dwayne Harris, who's also a top-notch kickoff and punt returner, pretty good wide receiver. Um, you know, so I, I just where, – where, where Miles Austin at one point was starting to look like an upper echelon wide receiver, I just think in Dallas it's, it's been done. And I wish him well. Um, he's had hamstring problems. And, um, you know, if he can get his hamstrings finally fixed and, you know, with a different team, you know, a Saints or a team with a nice passing attack, I think he's still got some some tread left on his tire, but he's got to stay healthy, Um, you know, but he just hasn't produced. And unlike DeMarcus Ware, where I really think DeMarcus Ware is going to still be Pro Bowl level wherever he goes, Austin's really going to need the right fit. So good luck to Miles Austin. You know, nothing bad to say about him. Um, great guy, great, great part of the Cowboy organization, but, you know, it is what it is. Jarius Bird will be visiting New Orleans Saints, um, probably the top, um, you know, free agent out there right now, I guess maybe between him and DeMarcus Ware, I guess you could say might be top. Um, the Giants have signed Rashad, Rashad Jennings, former now former uh, Oakland Raider running back, and the Raiders – have signed Darren McFadden to a one-year deal. K-Star, help me with this one. I, I'm I'm confused about this one because I know you follow. You've had McFadden on your fantasy team and been as disgusted as I've been with the guy. Um, you know, is this just dysfunction in the Raiders, or did they see something we don't see? I think they gave him one last chance. Uh, you know, last year the excuse for McFadden was his own blocking scheme wasn't good. So they, you know, went to the power run game, but then they had a lot of injuries on their offensive line. So they figured they'd get a one-year deal, one-year tryout. I didn't really understand it from or from McFadden. Um, I knew he was probably going to get a one-year deal regardless to try to play for a contract because he still is really young. I shouldn't expect it to be Oakland. Um, so I'm not really sure why Oakland decided to, to go with McFadden and release Jennings because Jennings play, outplayed McFadden last season. Uh, yes. I guess. They're just in love with his potential. They must be playing fantasy football in Oakland, just seeing this guy's, again, unfound potential. He has never, ever come close to the player he could have been and could be because he's just injury-plagued. I don't see why that changes, but um, I I just don't understand the signing from from either end, personally. Uh, I don't know what's going on in Oakland. And uh, I thought the fact that they got, you know, that GM came from Green Bay that – 
the team will be making smarter moves, but they had the deepest pockets as far as cap room, and they let Lamar Houston get away. They let a young offensive tackle get away, and now they've let a running back who pretty much blew McFadden out of the water as far as performance last season get away. And then they replace the offensive tackle with an older offensive tackle and give him the multi-million dollar deal. Uh, I don't know what's going on in Oakland, but that head coach, Allen, is <laughs> pretty much going to be the scapegoat when they can't win. Well, you know, I know what's going on. It's more of the same Al Davis dysfunction, although it's not Al Davis. Um, you know, it's still his family. And, um, you know, it's it's the same. I mean, many Raider fans for years said, while we love, you know, the history of the Raiders, when Al Davis passes away, it'll be a great day. What they didn't realize was it was going to stay in the family and nothing's changing. And this is a prime example. I love Darren McFadden's potential, too. But, you know, he's missed 19 games in the last two years. 19 games. You know, to me, you, you, that's a relief. Goodbye. We need to go. I mean, we have DeMarcus, um, DeMarco Murray in Dallas. Can't stay healthy. You know, Chris Johnson's running around out there now, okay? I, I would jump on Chris Johnson in a second. At least he could stay healthy. Now, yeah. know, Chris, Johnson, Chris Johnson had a little motivation issues when he got the big money. But, you know, I, I, I think his upside, you know, he's 28. I, would, I wouldn't have a problem with getting a Chris Johnson. But, you know, I, I think at the running back position, the number one, I mean, you need productivity, but you also need someone that's going to be there. <laughs> you need someone that's going to, you know, that you can give the ball 20 times a game to if necessary. You know, and, uh, and uh, you know, Jennings was that guy, and they let him go, and they give uh, McFadden another year. I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. But um, I mean, smart move for McFadden because he probably wouldn't have gotten Fort Megan out there. No. For what? I don't know. He might have. I mean, he was pretty, despite McFadden being just, a bust as far as, you know, realizing his potential. There were still teams out there who apparently were really interested in him. I just, I mean, in a, in a league, man, where, where you, where teams are, where the majority of teams are passing the ball, being forced to pass the ball the majority of the time, I mean, his health is a huge issue. Why would you, why would you even pay him that much? Just for, just to gamble on his upside? Simply put, I mean, there's no other reason why they, you know, should or would do that. But McFadden, again, that was the best he really was going to get as far as a one-year deal went uh, because he's going to try to play for that contract. He's got to stay healthy. And like you guys said, it just hasn't The Raiders could have went out and been Tate. They had a, a lot better They could have kept Jennings and been okay. Like, there's, it made no sense. It makes no sense. Well, you also got to realize now we're talking – we're not talking trade. We're talking free agent signing. So now – you're working with an agent, and the, the guy's got to want to go play for you. Now, I, you know, let's be honest. Um, McFadden's there. <laughs> so it's probably a little easier for him to re-sign than it is for them to go out and try to get a Ben Tate or a Chris Johnson. Well, Chris Johnson, to be clear, is still with the Titans. They're looking – they're actually yeah, – yeah. they were supposed to release him, and the late was they got a lot of phone call interest, so now they're going to try to trade him. So, but technically, right now he's still with the with the with the uh, um, Titans. But my my point is, I mean, if you're an upper echelon running back, free agent, a Ben Tate, a potential Chris John, whatever, do you want to go to Oakland? I, I I don't, you know. I, so maybe that's why Jennings was like, okay, I'm out, <laughs> you know, and and he goes to play with the Giants. I mean, this is a team that's won two Super Bowls in the last you know six years. So, I mean, the, these guys on their second contracts, 
some on their third, it become money is important, but they also, I mean, I heard your boy K-Star Ryan Clark today, you know, on uh, ESPN when they asked him, what's he looking for? He said, you know, I've been fortunate to play in this league for 12 years. I've been fortunate to make, you know, good money. If I, if, if no team is interested in me, then I'll retire. If there's a team interested in me, my first and foremost is, is this team serious about trying to get to a Super Bowl? Secondly is, is this a place where I want to, you know, move my family? Now, you know, the greater Oakland area, I mean, you know, just like most major cities, good and bad, so you can find a nice place to live. That's not a problem. But do you want to go play in Oakland? And I got to say, frankly, with what we've seen out of the Raiders, nope. <laughs> nope. So, um, but anyway, um, let's let's take another minute to do another flashback because we can. And uh, remind you that this is this is the Madden Voice show number 182. Sixth anniversary mega show, and uh, the number to call in three four seven eight three eight nine five two five. We haven't done a show in about three weeks, so it's good to be back. I'm on live with uh, Doctor Train, the man with the PhD, and it's not player haters degree. He's actually a doctor, Doctor Train, and I'm on with K Star, one of the best Madden players around. And uh, we're waiting on uh, JB to call in and join us shortly. And if you want to catch us on Twitter, it's at the Madden Voice. If you want to catch us on Facebook, it is. The Madden Voice, you know, Facebook.com backslash The Madden Voice. But let's, let's go to another clip from, you know, back in the day, if you will. And this clip here, this was show number 52. And this was uh, June 9th. I'm sorry, June uh, 30th of 2009. And we had, uh, you know, again, covering the Madden video game, we went from just a small, fledgling, one-league entity to at our peak having 10 Madden leagues to the point where we had some very, very high level people notice the EAFL and check this out. Five second warning. Love Talk Radio. Show number 52, June 30th, 2009. Welcome to the Madden Voice. It is me, Commissioner T, EAFL Commish, the Overseer, the Evil Genius, the Dictator, and a few other things that I cannot say live on the air, but I'm all those things too. Welcome to the show. Um, before we get into the main event, a couple of shout-outs I want to give. First of all, my parents' anniversary today. I sent them the link. I don't know if they're listening or not. Mom and Dad, happy anniversary if you're listening. My guess is Mom might be listening. Dad, eh, he's not a computer guy, so uh, unlikely. But if they're listening, happy anniversary. It is, uh, it is uh, number 36 for my parents, so God bless them. Happy anniversary. Uh, the other shout-out, as everyone knows, uh, many legends have passed over the last week, so I just want to recognize Ed McMahon. We all know him. Here's Johnny. If you don't know him, get on YouTube. Check out the, clip, the clips. Farrah Fawcett, uh, in my opinion, one of the hottest chicks to ever walk on the planet, uh, passed away as well. Uh, 
Billy Mays, uh, infomercial king, passed away on Sunday. And last but definitely not least, Michael Jackson, uh, sudden uh, cardiac arrest, passed away. So RIP to all those uh, celebrities and, and people that have contributed so much to our lives. Uh, but now on to bigger things. Now on to the main reason why you guys are all listening. We are just tickled pink, happy, honored, thrilled uh, to have... The, the, the brains behind the game, uh, and, and of course, you know, they're going to say that there's just two out of many people, and I know that they are, but the brains behind the game that we are anxiously awaiting, we are sitting here counting down the days, uh, finding other games to, to keep ourselves busy, but it's just not the same. If you don't have Madden in your life, there's a void. There's just there's just something missing It's Madden if you're not playing Madden. We played 09 to death. We loved it, but you know what? We've beaten it to death, so we had to put it on the shelf and get into the summer a little bit. But come August 14th, we will be playing Madden NFL 10. And we are excited to have with us tonight Ian Cummings from EA Sports. And Ian is, and you're going to have to correct me, you are the lead designer. Is that correct? That's right. Yep, and we also have Donnie Moore, who is also a designer of Madden NFL 10. Am I correct? Exactly right. All right, I did my homework. Gentlemen, welcome to the show, and it's customary on the Madden Voice. Okay, we can we can stop it there. We're just gonna get some applause. But you know, the the point of playing that clip was, and K Star will attest to this. Years ago, getting information about the game of Madden and the changes was like pulling teeth. You know, to, to find out what they were going to do, what they just they kept it as real tight secret, and only a few people, some of, some of K-Star's compadres, would be invited down to Orlando and all of that. But most of us just had no idea what was going on. So to actually get um, EA Sports on the show two months before the release of the game was a coup for the Madden voice at that time. Now you got the Game Changers program, and, you know, things are very different now, and you, you know everything that's going on with the, with the game, as, you know, as they're making changes. It's much different. It's, it's pretty much completely transparent now. But years ago, it really wasn't the case. So to get, you know, two designers of the game to come on my little, you know, this little, this little talk show, um, was huge at the time. It was really big. It was one of our biggest shows ever that we've ever done, including to this day. And, um, you know, to, just, just to think back of uh, be a small Madden league, one league of 32 guys, you know, going on the EA boards to play in a video game. And, you know, a few years later to have uh, come to 10 leagues and then to actually have such a reach that the EA sports designers themselves felt it appropriate to come on our little show and talk about the game. And, you know, I, I will say this, and no one, no one will give credit for this, but I will say this. Um, I, I'd like to think that a lot of the transparency that's out there in the Madden community today, we started. You know, because before we did what we did, you couldn't find stuff out. And now it's, it's easy to find out what's going on. They've, they've got people that their job is to communicate with the Madden community. And, you know, five or six years ago, it was, that was just not the case. Um, those people like uh, Rack and those guys back in the day didn't tell you nothing. But now you, you find out. And I really think that the Madden voice and our involvement um, and the EAFL and the stuff that we were doing and working with the tournament community and really being a conduit and the radio show. And I really think that we helped make a lot of that stuff happen. And, um, 
while I'm not involved in that any longer, I do every once in a while will poke my head in and just see what's going on. And uh, it seems that uh, the video game, and I actually, like I said, I picked up the game. It seems like uh, the community is thriving. So, uh, so that's great. But there's more clips coming. There's more clips coming. Well, uh, let, me, uh, let me say something, though, because I actually was part of that show, and it was a very big deal. Um, I believe RG, Ryan Glick from Madden Nation Season 4, was also there, who now yes. works with EA, by the way. Yes, yes. Uh, and even hearing that now, Ian Cummings and uh, uh, you know Donnie Moore coming on the show was such a huge deal. Like it was, uh, those were the two like pretty much leaders of the game, like the 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 head operations guys, the guys that oversaw everything and that made Madden what Madden came to be those years. And that was massive, man. And and I know that was an incredible show. So I, I almost actually forgot about that. And I was there, and I just want to say that T, even back then, looking at it now. That was very impressive that you managed to pull that uh, kind of weight, uh, the EA, uh, you know, weight up in, in the Madden voice. That was awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I, all I will say is I didn't do it alone. Um, you know, it was, it was a team of us. And, uh, you know, but it was just, it's just a, a sign of, frankly, you know, what I always tell people is, you know, I started playing, I used to play Madden franchise mode. That was my Madden. And then in 04, it went live where you can go online. And a friend of mine, Sean Taylor, not, not, not the late Sean Taylor from the Redskins, but his name actually was Sean Taylor, um, back in 05, said, dude, man, you need to go online and play Madden, man. It's a whole different world. And I went and I had the, the PlayStation and went and got the modem to hook it up and went online and started playing. And it was really that innocent. And just started playing random people and learned what glitches were and all of that. But I had, I had, you know, didn't know anything. And it really was just getting online, getting on the boards, meeting people, networking, meeting people, networking, and realizing that there was just such an opportunity to do so much in this community. And, you know, and, and it just for several years, it really took off. And, while I may have inspired a lot of what happened, I, w I didn't do it alone. There were a lot of people that worked, um, came in and out of the EAFL and worked on the radio show with me and really just helped uh, make things happen. And, and it's too many names for me to mention everybody, but you know who you are. And, you know, uh, I'll probably do some shout outs before the end of the show. But um, but I appreciate those kind words, K-Star, because, you you know, like I said, K-Star is on his second go-around as a host of the Madden Voice. I forgot about that, but um, he was actually a host once before, too. But uh, anyway, let me go on here and uh, let me let me bring on um, the other, the fourth co-host to uh, the Madden Voice, the newest co-host to the Madden Voice, who, while he has not been a co-host for six years, certainly knows, is known from day one about the Madden Voice and, and what's been going on, because this is my brother, JB. Welcome to the Madden Voice. Appreciate it, my brother. Uh, evening, everybody. What up, man? What's good? What's up, little big brother, Jay? What's up? What's up? Sorry I'm late, but little man had baseball, and you know you got to go out there and represent the people. So, I am. Absolutely, 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 absolutely. So, Jake, a quick, quick question for you. Being a Cowboy fan, we've already discussed it, but I'm curious because uh, you and I haven't discussed this. So I'm curious your take on the release of Demarcus Ware and the pending release of Miles Austin. 
Uh, really not surprised by either one just because of the, the salary cap numbers. I mean, well, I was once told a long time ago, figures don't lie and lies don't figure. So I kind of saw this one coming. So the, the, on a scale of 1 to 10, surprise-wise, it'd probably be about a 3. Um, what are they going to do next is, is the biggest question. I mean, they've got a little bit of room now to start playing, but they don't have the significant amount of room like the Raiders do. But something had to had to give. The, the downside is you have a bad defense that, don't, that that got worse. So I don't know if they're throwing the baby out with the bathwater or what. But from a numbers perspective, I'm not surprised by it. Mm. Mm. Yep, uh, you know, and I, I think most of Cowboy Nation would agree. Um, although I did see a report on TV that um, uh, the, the local Cowboy fans were not happy, and they were vo- they were verb- vocally uh, expressing their views on losing Demarcus Ware um, in a very negative way. But anyway, um, looking at NFL.com, and I'm looking at the top free agents. Uh, Jarius Bird is out there uh, visiting the Saints. Uh, Eugene Monroe apparently has signed with the Ravens. Um, uh, yeah, so, and according to NFL.com, number two free agent. Um, I don't know. Was he already a Raven? Is this a re-sign? Does anybody know? It's a know? re-sign. That's he was, what he I thought. Our, yeah, it's a re-sign. Okay, that's what I thought. Um uh, Michael Johnson, I believe, was with the Bengals and is now a re- uh, I'm sorry, signed with the Bucks. And let's see. yep. Um, and um, the Cleveland Browns. You know, last year I told everyone do not sleep on the Chiefs, and I believe my prediction on the on the, what the two and fourteen Chiefs did. Uh, came true. They, you know, playoff team and won nine straight. Um, and now I'm saying don't sleep on those Browns because the Browns have went out and signed Dante Whitner. They went out and signed uh, the linebacker Carlos Danby. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and um, if I'm reading this correct, let me see. Um, they have a franchise tag, it looks like, if I'm reading this right, on Alex Mack, uh, center. And he's a pretty doggone good center. Um, yep. mm-hmm. So they're trying to keep him by, by franchising him. So do not sleep on those Browns. Uh, let's see. And I think Train, you already touched on this. Lamar Houston, you touched on that, right? Coming to the Bears? Yeah, to the Bears. Okay. Yes, sir. And uh, he's listed as the number five free agent. Um, number six, uh, Veldir, uh, let's see, Cardinals got him for five years. Now, where was he at? This, this, they're not saying what, and I don't believe, I believe that, I don't believe I believe, believe he came right. from the Raiders. Okay. Okay. Thank Who you. Who's that now? Say that again? Uh, Jared Veldir, offensive tackle, yeah. just... Yeah, from the Raiders. That was the guy that the Raiders let go. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, from what I'm what I'm starting to understand is that these players that are leaving the Raiders (laughs) would actually wanted more money if they were to stay with the Raiders. So, uh, per what you said earlier, T, if I'm gonna play with you and you're a bad team, you got to pay me to stay here. Right. Right. Exactly. And they know the Raiders got the money, so it's just yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. 
And, and, and that's really the issue. I'm glad y'all brought that up because I was just itching to talk about it, and I wish I could have got on earlier. How do you have $60 million of cap room and right now be this quiet and then to have folks that could take more money and stay with the team but decide they'll take less and leave? What does that tell you as an organization? <laughs> Same thing that we've known about this organization for years, dysfunctional. This, this was their, their prime chance to make a big splash to really get back into being something that resembles contention, just resembles. Not saying that they would, but just resembles. $60 million of cap space with a pretty deep free agent pool. I hope they got a lot of draft picks. Oh my no, they God. still have. I mean, free agency, certainly uh, a lot of good players are off the board, but there's still are plenty of good, you know, uh, talent available. I mean, it's not over by any means. You still have a keep to leave. Oh, it's deep this year. You have Rackbo. You have Decker. I mean, there's a lot of good players out there. You got the Camardis that you know. Um, but definitely not a good start. Definitely not what you would want to see if you are a Raiders fan. Uh, not, not at all. In, in, in the, they've got so many needs. I mean, it's not like they have it just uh, in the secondary. Or it's not like they just have it in the back. They've got it across the board. Yeah, they do. Well, you know, and I, I think I think Jay makes a good point that to me, if you have that much cap room and you're not making splashes early on, then what are you doing? You know, and I think it shows the dysfunction that the Raiders have and have had. And to me, it's a disrespect to you, to to your fan base. You know, I mean, I think I think you know, coming at it from a this is what you don't hear on TV, but coming at it from you know, a fan point of view, we are the ones pay your salary because we buy tickets, we buy merchandise, and when you, and when they advertise, when when they're, when the when the teams are getting advertising dollars, right? That's because they're marketing to us. You know, the Cowboys being a two point three billion dollar franchise is because they are so popular. Okay, and so you know, when you have sixty million dollars. Our, and I think the most cap room of any team. I know um, uh, what was the other team? I think the Colts got a good amount of cap room too. But but when you have sixty million dollars, what are you showing your 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 fan base on day one when all we see is people running and the only one that you sign of any note is the oft injured Darren McFadden for one yeah. year? I want that team that run without pulling a hamstring. Say that. Say I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I said, yeah, everyone's running away except for the running back that can't even run anyway because he's always playing on one hamstring. <laughs> Probably pulled a hamstring one-year deal. <laughs> By the way, if I'm a, like, from a fan's perspective, there's no Raider fans here, but there's plenty in the, in the U.S. because people love the Oakland Raiders for what they yeah. did in the past. But, you know, they were looking forward to March 11th. This was probably circled on the calendar. You know, they were probably promised by, uh, you know, message board advocates and team, uh, you know, media from Oakland that, you know, today the Raiders would start making moves, that they had $60 million saved up for a reason. They probably were buying into the hype. And so for them, this must be absolutely depressing. And I feel for them because what, like, what else do you have to look forward to? If you have that much money to blow and you're not spending any of it and you're already losing your good, few good young players that you do have, for more of the same of Darren McFadden, like, that's just, that's ruthless. Well, they did give, uh, Forty-two and a half million to uh, Saffold, Roger Saffold, the uh, offensive tackle. 
that was with the Rams. Well, and he's a good tackle too. Yeah, he is. He is. But it, it, I guess in the perspective of it all, because they have so many needs, that one signing doesn't cut it for anybody. It just doesn't cut it. And I'll even take it a step further. We've talked about the fan base. We've talked about the ineptitude that we've seen. Aren't they supposed to be moving into a brand-new stadium with the 49ers next year? How is that going to impact it? There's got to be some type of implication from that one also. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jay, you're hitting it right on the head. You're hitting it right on the head. And the, and the other Bay team, um, they've they've cut – that's the 49ers. They've cut Carlos Rogers. And interestingly enough, they have picked up Blaine Gabbert from the Jags, um, who is now making more money, uh, probably not for long, but then Colin Kaepernick, which <laughs> um, significantly more, which is pretty funny. But um, Blaine Gabbert. I don't even Gabbert, that trade. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I guess Carlos Rogers was, was cap, but Blaine Gabbert, really? I mean, that's your backup quarterback? I mean, really? I, I don't yeah. like, that's the, I, feel like I guarantee you, I guarantee you for whatever reason, the Harbaugh looked at him and saw Alex Smith and figured he could probably just fix him and that he could develop yep. him. To be in it, it's got to be a tradition. It's got to be a conditional draft. It, it's got it's got to be if they plan to keep him on the roster. It's got to be something like that. I refuse to believe he just gave up a draft pick, but it's got to no, be your right. backup. It's a six-round conditional pick. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. Got to be conditional. But but K-Star is also right, too. He he had to look at him and say, you know what, I could probably do something with this guy. Because yeah. he saw what he could do with, with Smith. He saw what he could do with Kaepernick. He probably, I could do the same thing and get, get something back in return for him. How about? <laughs> yeah. Well, and they've also the signed. There with, with Harbaugh and, and the uh, and, uh, management. So we don't even know what's going to happen this time next year between Harbaugh and, and management. Well, Harbaugh ain't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, be, I think they'd be crazy to let that guy go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean. Good things have happened. That's yeah, one I'm just yeah. saying, just stay. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, I mean, I mean, with what he did with the same team that Mike Singletary had, pretty much, yeah, nah, yeah, he ain't going nowhere. Um, uh, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Antoine Bethea, former Colt has uh, signed a four-year deal with the 49ers. Um, so Whitner leaves the 49ers to go to Cleveland and Bethea. And, you know, that's what I like to see. I got to tell you guys, Jay, you talk about you chomping at the bit. To me, that that is what you do. If you let quality go, Whitner was a good safety. You let him go, and you have a plan, okay? And this is why a lot of teams, you know, we're talking about the Raiders and – you know, they're losing these players, and we're sitting there saying, what are you doing? What's your plan? You know, half of it is, okay, salary cap, well, with the Raiders, probably not, but okay, whatever the reason is, but what are you doing to fill these voids? You know, and if it's the draft, then okay, but, you know, this is a very loaded free agency. You know, as, as, I, as I keep going down the list, um, we have, um, what did I leave off with? Uh, Brandon Albert looks like he's with the Dolphins. Uh, he's a tackle, and uh, I don't know if that was a good move for the Chiefs to let him get away. Mm. That's I, I I think that hurts the Chiefs in the long run. It, it does because he was left tackle of, of all spots, and that's a big boy too. Well, but again, you know I don't know the Chiefs' salary cap situation. 
you know. Well, I know they did. They did draft a tackle last year. They did not. That I believe he got injured before overall, the season. Or first overall, even. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. maybe that's the replacement. Yeah. And yeah. It could very well be, and and that's that's how you maintain a status of being in contention every year. Like mm-hmm. like he was, you lose a good player, you fill up that that hole right away. You don't let two, three, four years go by and then address that need. You figure out what you're about to lose or could lose, and you start putting parameters in place so that you can plug that hole up right away. Cornerback, uh, Alperain Werner. Um, looks like Denver, New England, New York, both New York teams are interested. Um, hmm. And he was uh, a titan. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, actually, uh, Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl cornerback mm-hmm. with the Titans last year, and an unre- unrestricted free agent. So, uh, if he wants the chance to win, it'll be either be New England or or Denver. <laughs> yep. And he's he's one of the more underrated. He's good. He's good. Uh, the latest on Demarcus Ware is six playoff teams have inquired about Ware. I'd say it's safe to assume that Ware will not be back to be a Cowboy. (laughs) The the door was open, of course, if he did not get big money. But if you're talking six playoff teams looking to sign Ware, um, say goodbye to DeMarcus Ware, Dallas Nation. He's gone. Um, Let's see. Akeem Tlaib. You know, the story on him is at one point it looked like the the Patriots were going to lock him in, and uh, then they didn't. so, yeah, he's out there, and uh, you know, I, I I'm kind of surprised he didn't get scooped scooped up. I mean, I know he, he you know he had a little injury to deal with, but I mean, you talk about a a very good cornerback, very physical cornerback, you know. And I watched him just completely shut down Jimmy Graham, um, who is you know maybe 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 the blueprint on Graham is out there now. But it wasn't before Tlaib played him. <laughs> Tlaib figured out that Jimmy Graham, if you physical him, he's ineffective. Um, and so I, don't, you know, I'm a little surprised Tlaib didn't get scooped up. Um, now he's how old is Tlaib? He's got to be thirty-ish. He's got to be having played a few years. Let me let me see. Is no, no, he. I don't think he's that old. Um, let's see. He uh, is eight. How old? He is twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Okay. 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 So he's in so his yeah. prime. Yeah. 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 And 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 it makes sense that he'd still be out there. I mean, I know there's still, you know, I I know, but normally the bigger names go pretty quickly. But I, mean, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Oh, you okay. know, it's it's off the it's, it's the off the field concerns, and yeah. you know, with to leave. He's definitely a risk as far as character issues go, but, I mean, I feel like the Patriots, they need an elite cornerback. Uh, Bill Belichick does for his scheme to really be effective, and we saw how good they were with the keep to lead playing uh, when he was on the field for him when the health wasn't concerned. So I feel as if, if the Patriots lose him, they really need – they better be making a Darrell Rivas kind of plan or something like that because if they ever want to get back to the lead defense, they need an elite cornerback. You know, they had Ty Law. Those were the best seasons in New England. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is something to be said for the fact that they have been able to get back to the playoffs. They've even been able to get back to the Super Bowl, but they have not been able to win it since they've had an elite defense. 
So as great yeah. as Tom Brady is, they still needed that defense, and they haven't had it since that last mm-hmm. Super Bowl. You know, and, and K-Star's right back when the days of Teddy Bruschi and Ty Law and Richard Seymour and these guys, you know, and, and, and um, so, yeah, I, I think I, – what was that, Jay? Willie McGinnis. Right, exactly. So um, let's change gears just for a second. A little surprising, but um, as, I, as I looked into it more and more, made sense. Rashard Mendenhall. Cardinal running back has retired at the um, young age of 26. Um, NFL NFL uh, running backs have an average life uh, career of three years, but you know he's certainly surpassed that. And at 26, he still, you know, as a running back, got three to four more prime years as a starting running back. Now some have gone longer. Those are Hall of Famers, but you know uh, he 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 could still go for at least three or four more years, you know, at his peak. And he's decided to retire. I'm going to read a little bit of the letter that he explains why he's retiring at 26. Uh, I feel like I've done it all. I've been to two Super Bowls, made a bunch of money, had a lot of success, traveled all over the country and overseas, met some really cool people, made lasting relationships, have the opportunity to give back to causes close to my heart, and I've been able to share my experience and wisdom with friends, family, and people all over the world. Not to mention all the fun I had goofing around at work after um, days with my teammates. I am thankful that I can walk away at this time and smile over my six years in the NFL and 17 total seasons of football, dating back to when I started Pee Wee Ball at Niles West in 1997. I was 10, um, blah, blah, blah. Imagine having a job where you're always on duty, can never fully relax, or you just may drown. Having to fight through waves of current uh, waves and currents of praise and criticism, but mostly hate. I can't even count how many times I've been called a dumb nigger. There, there is a bold coarseness you receive from non-supporters that seems to only exist on the internet. However, even if you try to avoid these things completely, because I've tried, somehow they still reach you. If not firsthand, then through friends and loved ones who take, who take to heart all they read and hear. I'm not, I'm not a terribly sensitive person, so this stuff never really bothered me. This, that was until I realized that it actually had an impact on my career. Over my career, I would learn that everything people say behind a computer and smartphones actually shape the perception of you, the brand, the athlete, and the person go figure. Over my career, because of my interest in dance, art, literature, my very calm demeanor, and my apparent lack of interest in sporting events, on my Twitter page, people in the sporting world would have sometimes questioned whether or not I love the game of football. I do. I always have. I'm an athlete and a competitor. The only people who question that are people who do not see how hard I work, how diligently I prepare to be great, week after week, season after season. I take those things very seriously. I've always been a professional, but I am not an entertainer. I have never have been. Playing that role was never easy for me. The box deemed for professional athletes is a very small box. My wings spread a lot further than the acceptable athletic stereotypes, and conformity was never a strong point of mine. My focus has always been on becoming a better me, not a second-rate somebody else. Sometimes I would suffer because of it, but every time I learned a lesson from it, and I'll carry those lessons with me for the rest of my life. So when they ask me, and I want why I want to leave the NFL age 26, I tell them I've greatly enjoyed my time, but I no longer wish to put my body at risk for the sake of entertainment. 
I think I think about the rest of my life and want to live with it with much quality. And physically, I am grateful that I can walk away feeling as good as I did when I stepped into it. Uh, last but not least, as for the question of what I will do now, uh, okay, now that's not important. All right, so um, it was another part that I heard, but it, it, they didn't quote it here where I'm reading it, where he talked about uh, reporters and, you know, the reporters followed the, 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 the big names and, you know, there, there was a, that was a whole piece of it too, but I, I, I don't have that here. Um, you know, Dr. Train, you know, this is, I don't want to say it's unprecedented, but it's not common. Your thoughts after reading, a, you know, hearing a letter and, you know, Mendenhall retiring. Um, I read the whole full thing that he had, um, the whole full article that he put out there, and um, I really can't, um, I really can't say too much anything negative because the guy's in the league, he's playing the game, he knows things that we don't know, things that don't get out, and for me, it just sounds like uh, someone who doesn't like their work atmosphere. So they choose to pursue another career or another option. I can't really I can't really argue with that. Um I will have to agree with Stephen A when he made the comment that, you know, that he himself wouldn't let social media dictate whether he decides to leave his career or not. Uh, the, the, he did. He did put emphasis on. Uh, he he did state part of the reason is as social media having having an impact on the NFL per se, and being, um, you know, possibly maybe even persuading the thoughts of coaches and players and how things are run uh, in the NFL, and and that may that that may be true, uh, but for me personally, I wouldn't let you know do my best and not let society dictate what I want to do for my career. But if he no longer wants to be there and he feels that it's no longer the right working atmosphere for him, then I can't, you know, I can't do anything but respect that. K-Star, Mendenhall, as you know, was drafted by the Steelers, so you, you have some familiarity with him. Um, were you surprised at this? Not at all. He's always been kind of like a deep thinker. And uh, just a guy who would um, kind of get himself into controversy for his own personal tweets and, and thoughts that he did share on social media. Uh, he was the same guy that didn't really understand why all the hatred there was to Ben Laden. I don't know if you guys remember that. He was a yeah. player that came out and said that he didn't understand. Um, said that, you know, you guys don't know who he is. You don't know him as a person, blah, blah, blah. And so I just kind of wasn't surprised because his overall demeanor um, – and how he conducted himself via social media sometimes just kind of told me that, like, look, he has interests outside of football. Maybe he has more of a political type of thing, or maybe he has other aspirations outside the game. Um, and so, again, when I heard about it, I literally was not surprised whatsoever. Not at all. Especially because the fact of the matter is he's had uh, bad knees the past couple of seasons anyway. He had problems with his ACL. He tore in Pittsburgh a couple of years ago, and since then he really hasn't been the same player. So it kind of was an easy a way for him to get out of the game, uh, considering he probably will never be what he could have, uh, you know, been uh, at one point in his career. 
Well, you know, I mean, let me say this to Train's question and or the Train statement and even Stephen A's statement about not letting, um, you know, social media win. Uh, if I'm making the money that he was making, I agree with that because where where is he going to go and make that kind of money? He's not. Uh, I, so I think on that level, you know, you maximize your your income. Delete your Twitter account. You know, delete your Facebook page, you know, stay off social media and just go play football. And you play as many years as your body will allow you to play. Um, if, if, if social media is the issue and you're a sensitive dude, um, you know, at 26, you've got at least three. You've got, you got another good contract coming if you stay healthy. And, um, you know, do you walking away from another 20, 30, 40 million dollars? I mean, me, I wouldn't do it. But on the other side of it, if money is not an issue, then I completely understand because I faced a lot of that garbage, um, you know, in my last, my last go around with the, the Madden community. And I got disgusted with a segment, a segment of the Madden community, uh, a very younger segment that had absolutely no respect for their elders, had no respect for those that have been involved in Madden for a long time, were verbally abusive. And I felt like. You know, I, I, I don't need to put up with this garbage, and that was one of the reasons why I stepped away. So on that level, I can completely relate, but if I was making what he was making doing Madden, I'd still be doing it. <laughs> I still would have been doing it because, again, there aren't a lot of things that you're going to do in your life that you could make five, six, ten million dollars a year. So you're going to let other people cost you money, you and your family? Now, if he's determined he's made enough money and lives a simple life, then God bless him. Wish him the best. But, man, <laughs> I would be I'd be right back on that field next year talking about, yeah, um, let's go. And delete your Twitter and just, just, just you know, do the Marshawn Lynch thing in your own the world. Mean, has, that's what I don't get. It. Social media is really the reason why didn't he remove himself from social media. I mean, it's a choice. Not everyone's required to have a Twitter account, especially football players. actually discouraged to have one. And I don't understand why if that was really a concern from him. Of course, it's, it's definitely unfortunate, but if that you know, was a huge perpetrator as to why he doesn't play the game anymore or do certain things, then why didn't he just simply you know, get rid of his account? Yeah, that to me is the easiest answer. And, and it's a shame. I mean, if, if, if social media has gotten to the point where it's causing people to retire from you know, competitive sports, then we need to, as, as, a, as a society, rethink um, you know, what we are doing with social media, if, if that, and it doesn't sound like that's the complete reason, but it did sound like that's a supporting, a supporting reason. So, um, all right, time for another flashback as we go through memory lane on the Madden voice. And if you're listening, 347-838-9525, again, 347-838-9525. You know, you can always go to the MaddenVoice.com. We're there. But uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com backslash The Madden Voice, Twitter at The Madden Voice. And, um, you know, glad you could join us for our sixth anniversary show. Me, Commissioner T, the omniscient one, with Dr. Train, the man with the Ph.D., with uh, K-Star, one of the greatest Madden players of all time, and uh, with the guy who knows me better than anybody, uh, all these guys on the show put together, my younger brother, JB. And the great news about your co-host here is that we cover the United States East Coast. You've got Commissioner T right here from Bristol, Connecticut. You've got uh, Indianapolis out in the Midwest is K-Star. You want to go out to the West Coast, West Coast uh, you know, the greater L.A. area. You've got uh, Dr. Train. 
and then uh, let's go out into the southeast, uh, the ATL, and you've got JB. So we, we've got the whole country covered doing the Madden voice. But let's, let's go back to another clip. Check this one out. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to the Madden Voice, show number 57. Nope, nope, I'm sorry, 58. See, even I lose track. Show number 58, August 11th, 2009. We are three days away from uh, what many gamers call the, the day of the year, the, probably the most anticipated day of the year, uh, the day that Madden officially becomes available and, um, and, and, and the video game world uh, never is the same after Madden comes out. But the anticipation is, is, uh, is unparalleled out there in the community. So tonight we're, we have an, a number of guests, um, uh, and all of which uh, have the game, and all of which have uh, graciously given some time to come on and, and really uh, get into the game a little bit more to really get you guys ready uh, for what should be a very exciting Madden year. Uh, and in case you didn't catch my name, it is me, Commissioner T, EAFL Commish. But everybody just calls me T, so you guys just call me T. I'm the owner of the EAFL. I'm the host and the Madden voice. Uh, my co-host is taking the night off, so K-Star, enjoy your night off. And uh, I will I will manage the show uh, as best I can without him tonight. Um, that was uh, show number fifty eight, which was uh, August eleventh, two thousand and nine, uh, and you heard the reference to our one and only K Star, <laughs> um, which brought back the memory that K Star actually, uh, for a short time, co-hosted the show. Um, back when we were doing uh, you know a lot more Madden stuff. Um, and, um, I don't even remember what happened. I really don't. I know you, you were co-hosting for a while, K-Star, and then, uh, you weren't co-hosting, and then, uh, you know, obviously you're back now, but, so K-Star's on his second, uh, his second go-around. Now, the funny thing about that show, show number 58, um, it was, it was a huge show, and I tried, and, you know, time was not on my side to get the clip that I wanted to get, so I apologize that I couldn't get that clip. But um, that, was, that was one of our largest shows. And let me just read to you the, uh, the lineup that we had for that show. And again, August 11, 2009. And this is the lineup that we had for that show. We had Pasta Padre. We had GameSpot, uh, GameSpot Senior Editor, editor Brian uh, Meckberg Eckberg. We had from Console Kings, uh, C.J. Peters. And back then he was somebody, I don't know if he's somebody now. Uh, Ian Cummings, because he heard Pasta Padre was on the show, actually came on the show unannounced. So he just called in and said, hey, I heard Pasta Padre is going to be on, so I wanted to call in and say hello and just listen. And we had the rap uh, group uh, Camp Low, and we had uh, Sonny Chiba from Camp Low actually called in to the show that night. We had Glenn Cravens, who was starting to do some tournaments back then, um, 
and he was actually looking to do a tournament with the game. So um, Glenn came on to talk about um, what he was doing. Um, and last but not least, <laughs> my nemesis, my arch rival, the guy who uh, uh, probably put a few of these grades in my head, Yo Mama, actually came on to the show. He was actually well-behaved that night, but um, uh, unfortunately I did not have time. Maybe at some point in the future. Um, K-Star, K you know you know your mama. Uh, I, I mean, probably differently than I know him, but you know him pretty well. How For people out there that don't know the Madden character, your mama, just explain to them who this, who this person is. Your mama is a guy that the reason why you, – listen, you'll find out quickly why his Madden monkey is your mama because he's going to talk a lot of shit. And he's funny. He's quick-witted. But that's what he does. That's who he is. He talks a lot of crap. Um, he, he never can be taken seriously. He doesn't take himself seriously. You know, he's just a caricature. And, you know, he's a funny guy, but it, it's your mama. You can't take him seriously and get upset. I mean, T, the gray hairs that was grown, you know, I'm sure it was delightful to him because that's just, we're just giving, giving him too much attention. Well, put it to you this way. He was the one person that got under my skin, and I was the one person that got under his skin. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we, we, we went back and forth at it, and, uh, you know, it added a nice flair to the community. It added a nice um, – you know, the funny part about it is we never played Madden against each other, ever, ever. I, was, a, I offered to – That's a shame. We never played each other. He, he, was, yeah. so, he was so hyped up. And he knew because I didn't hide that I wasn't very good. And had he lost to me, he have that he'd have zero credibility. So he never wanted to take the chance to play me in the game because you know I could play on league level. But when I got out in the tournaments playing these K stars, and K star played me, and he knows. I mean, he played me with one hand tied behind his back and twenty one to me. So you know, I wasn't I wasn't a tournament competitor. That's why I turned the referee in because I could do that. <laughs> um, but we never played, and uh, I was willing to play him because I had nothing to lose because everybody knew I wasn't that good, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't risk losing to me. And so we went at it, and, uh, you know, we're Facebook friends, and we chit-chat on Facebook every once in a blue. And uh, he's right. He's quick-witted, and he is someone that, um, you know, you, you know as, as uh, Philly Ron would say, you need a guy like that in the community as long as it doesn't get personal. And between him and I, it did get personal a little bit. But, you know, it, it fit back then, and I look back on it, and I can laugh. So just another flashback, sixth anniversary mega show of the Madden Voice. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got a call, 616 area code. Welcome to the Madden Voice. What's up, cuz? This, uh, what's up, Train? Little Buck? Hello? Train, you there? Train, I think you. I think your cousin is on the line. Train. I'm sorry, I always mute myself so I don't get any background noise. What's up, fam? Welcome to What's the up, show, man? man. I'm feeling good. Feeling good listening to you guys talking. Um, I wanted to touch on. I was calling because I don't know how I feel about McFadden um, coming back to the Raiders because he is just so nasty and injury prone. Oh my God. We just. <laughs> I don't even think he's worth four million dollars. Um, but then I, I saw Mendenhall retire. You guys are talking about that. I just think that um, it's so scary out here with all these concussions and people. Uh, I think people are uh, finding reasons to quit, you know. He's talking about social media and that, those things. 
I just think they're just it's not worth it, man. You know, you, you get, you know, a contract of five million, ten million, you can live off that. You invest your money right. So do you really want to end up like uh doing the sale or some of these other guys that are um that are struggling with life? You know, I, I watched um a special and some of these guys, man, grown men I watched um that were just uh teams on the field crying and upset about how their lives and what they're struggling with right now. So I, I applaud him in the hall. If he thinks he wants to get out right now, I, I I don't like how he's doing it. He's walking out the back door talking about social media scared him. But um, be a man that's going to be like, hey, I want to live and walk and talk like I did when I was born. You know what I'm saying? Don't be just putting on people talking about aren't doing on the field or what you're doing on your because uh, you know how to dance. I mean, who gets mad at somebody because they can dance? I don't know. Well, you know, I, I will agree with you that if the reason is health and he's made and if he feels like he's made enough money, you know, and he can walk away and, and keep his health, then God bless him. Um, you know, but if if it's more than that, then you gotta say, Okay, but you know, thicken your skin and go play football. You know. Um but certainly you're right. I mean if you can play you know, a certain number of years in this league and make some money and then, and then get out. But the problem with a lot of these players, and we hear about it all the time, is, you know, they, they don't have the financial acumen to sustain their, lifestyle, their lifestyles. You know, they don't have the knowledge of what to do. You know, it's easy for us to sit back and say, give me $40 million and I'm set for life because we're not, you know, we, we, we've never made $40 million, but neither had they. Right, they've never made forty million, and now they now they now he makes it. He walks away, but how many Benzes do, do, do you know does a typical player have? How many gold Rolexes do they have? You know, how many houses do they have? And you know, a lot of times they want to sustain that I'm making forty million dollars lifestyle, except the money ain't coming in anymore. Like, dude, you know, if if you have planned accordingly for this and you're living a modest lifestyle, and, and you're all set, right. then great. But unfortunately, we hear too many times that that's not the case, and these guys end up broken a few years because they, they continue. There's a little story I'll tell everybody. Um, it was a, um, uh, Troy Hambrick was a uh, Dallas Cowboy running back yeah, years ago, and he, he played after Emmett Smith. Okay, Emmett Smith was over in Arizona, coincidentally, and Troy Hambrick was the next starter. Troy Hambrick... Um, called his agent in February and said, where's my paycheck? <laughs> now, the NFL players get played, get paid 17 weeks. They get 17 right. paychecks. Then you go into the playoffs, and there's extra money if you get into the playoffs because it's part of profit sharing and revenue and all that. But the Cowboys hadn't made the playoffs, so there was no more money. He thought he would get that same check all year round. We only got it for 17 weeks. So, you know, my, my point in telling that story is is I hope that he has planned accordingly. K-Star says he thinks he's a pretty smart guy. I hope he's planned accordingly. It is sad if social media had anything to do with it. Uh, if it's really about health and, hey, I can walk away well, and no concussions, then, hey, God bless him. Well, Mendenhall was pretty educated, uh educated person. I, I, I heard about him, you know, his background and things like that and some of the stuff he was in, you know, uh, outside of football. But if you notice, his game has fell off in the years 
also, he's not the running back that was doing his thing a few years ago. You know, they would call him Trinko Tolver. He can dance. He can run real good and cut in. His game is, is fell off. And he, he may be one of those cats that just can't take the pressure of, of being talked about. Um, well, it wasn't it wasn't so much of what was being uh, as him taking it directly. It was the effect that it had on those around him. Uh, he stated, you know, in his article, you know, for him directly, he was fine. He didn't have he didn't have issue. But you know, when it started trickling down to his family and friends, and then the effect that it had on the NFL itself, that's where he. Says he he draw that's where he said he draws the line uh, as far as uh, social media is concerned. Well, there's no right now. There's no respect out here, LeBuck, You know how we was. I'm sorry, the train, Doctor Train. You know how we was raised and how our grandma raised us and how we, you know, we had to. You don't you don't say nothing unless you got something good to say. And well, uh, we were, even across generations, besides just with social media alone, there's no there's no respect. Because these, uh, because the fans have feel that they have this direct access to the uh, players, they say what they want. Players have a bad game, and fans try to bury them. I mean, it's, it, to me, it's, it's, it's total disrespect. Every game is not going to be perfect, but fans don't care. People don't care. It's Man, just, it's, it's, it's just how people not- are today. I was not upset when they was in Detroit knocking cats out and then they were tape the Pacers back in the well, what's the name they were knocking them fans out. I was not upset because you think you're bad enough to run on that court and to these grown men that are athletes that train their bodies they're trained and physical and you wanna run out there and think you tough. I was flashing my butt off when they was up there knocking them boys out in Detroit, thinking that you know, it, it's it's you are you're crazy to think like I'm 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 I just turned forty one and sometimes I think, man, I wonder if I can still get on the football field. No, I can't. I can't. I know I would get blown off the line. I get dusted. But it was just it, I, I could fantasize about it. But these fans, man, you're right. These fans, we 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 lost our mind. Um, we think that we're the GMs. Uh, we want to. We we we're looking in the paper. We're, we're looking at the scouting reports. We, this fancy football that got us really thinking that we we uh. We, 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 that we run in things. We play fantasy football on Yahoo for free, and we think we can go out there and, and manage the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, but, and make but cuz, uh, cuz, Train's cousin, let me ask you a question. I've yeah. got one question for you. The question is, who? Who what? The, 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 exactly. Who cares? If you're a pro athlete making $50 million, $70 million, $100 million, whatever your contract is, if you're on the low level and you're making $25 million and the fans are giving you a hard time and they're sending you nasty messages on Twitter and they're, they're yelling at you from the stands, you know what? You go and get in your, you know, uh, BMW SUV, <laughs> you know what I mean, and, 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 and go out with your supermodel girlfriend, you know what I mean, who only want you because you got money. But that's okay, you know. Go to the friendly <laughs> nightclub, you know, with your own personal security. And you have a good – I mean, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you, you're living a lifestyle that you should be able to say to them, whatever. You know, it's a free country. You say whatever you want. There's nothing to be about. It's okay. Yeah. And if you're that insecure, get off social media. Like, again, right. 
That's a cop You know, out. I mean, you, you, you said, cousin, you said, I don't, I, I, you know, I commend them for going up in the stands. No, those, you know, there's a few bad apples, but those are also the people that spend the money that allows you to make the money you're making. So, so you, not, you, not the ones, the ones, I'm not the ones that ran on the court. No, nah, not, not going up in the stands. This is yeah, that ran up on the court. Yeah, that's that's what I had a problem. But that's what security's for. You know, I mean, I mean, as 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 an athlete, that's not your job. You know, you can protect right. yourself, defend yourself, okay. But your job is not to lash out and strike out. You know, um, breaking news: Jarius Bird has just signed with the New Orleans Saints. Wow, man, that is immediate late breaking news. Currently, uh, six looks like a six-year deal with the Saints. Jarius Bird, um, and. Body that the Saints had a pretty good D last year with Rob Ryan, um, so um, that that they just upgraded um, incredibly. Why should we don't find nobody. I, we, we don't That's find nobody. Yeah. I don't understand this. We don't either. <laughs> we don't either. We don't either. Oh my! Well, hey, I'm a got, fan. Got... All right, fellas, I understand. You got a great night. Man. Hey, but thanks for calling in and supporting your cousin and supporting the Madden Voice. We appreciate it. Yeah, you know that. You know, you guys supported me. Y'all let me so uh, woman you care on on uh, on your page. I want to thank y'all for that. I really get a chance to thank y'all, and um, you're still going strong with that. Uh, and God bless y'all tonight. All right, cuz I'm coming out to the cat. I'm losing the weight. I'm gonna be out there. <laughs> all right, man. Looking forward to seeing you. All right, man. Take care. All right. That's right. We're also a family show. Got my brother. He's got his cousin. You know, K-Star's got his young, his, his lady out there listening probably. Maybe. I don't know. You know, if not, she should be listening. That's all I'm saying. You know. Man, I'm just breaking news. <laughs> yes, Jarius Bird with the Saints. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Let's, let's flashback. Let's do another flashback. You know why? Because we can. Let's, let's do another flashback. Um. Now this flashback here, let me let me find. Okay, here it is. This flashback here. Now we had made the transition. Um, you know, I I I I I wanted to play the clip of. There was a few other clips I wanted to play. I decided to keep the show positive, but I had left um, the airwaves for close to a year, and um, had many people say the Madden community is not the same without the Madden voice. And it was great to hear that, but I was pretty much done um, with the game of Madden, with the Madden community, and no hard feelings. It was just time for me to move on. So I came back, and even though people asked me to come back and talk Madden, decided to really focus more on football. And, um, you know, Dr. Train and I used to have um, great conversations about football and decided to bring it to the airwaves and, of course, K-Star you know, uh, past supporter of the show and uh, got him involved. And, and last but not least, uh, Brother Jay, JB, joining us with his uh, um, vast knowledge of the game as well. Um, and one of the things that we were able to do and um, was, was to get a superstar NFL player to actually call into the Madden voice. So, you know, what I like is when we were in Madden, we were able to get top Madden people to come on the show. Now we transition into the NFL stuff, and lo and behold, we were still able to get a top NFL athlete. Check this out. I like it. 
Does that get you, does that, does, does that get you ready? Or is that is that getting you? Oh, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I really don't. Yeah, I really don't hear that <laughs> more. <when> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, obviously, I'm on the field, so I don't get to hear that. But I remember growing up, and that was the sounds of the game right prior to you watching it. So yeah, definitely, man, give me hype over here. Yeah, well, that's what we're trying to do. Hey, first of all, welcome to the Madden Voice. We appreciate you joining us. Dwight Freeney, five-time Pro Bowl selection, three-time first-team All-Pro uh, selection, Super Bowl 41 champion, uh, led the NFL with 16 sacks in 2004, Indianapolis Colts' all-time leading sack leader, and uh, voted to the NFL 2000 All-Decade team, just to name a few of the many, many accolades that you have done in your career. And, you know, let, let me ask you this. You know, we're, we're in June now. At what point you played in, in one of the best uh, uh, Super Bowls, you know, that we've seen in a long time? And at what point after the Super Bowl do you say, okay, you know, it, it's done, we played, and now it's time to look forward to the next season? Well, it, I think, for one, it all depends on how it ended, the season ended. So, you know, you win the Super Bowl, it's kind of like we won the Super Bowl for about two months, <laughs> and you go crazy <laughs> and you have the appearances and all that stuff. And eventually, you're, you know, you're excited to going back to the next, to defend the championship and, and all of that. When you lose it, I'm suffering it right now, it's kind of like you can't wait to get going. Um, I mean, I was ready to go in February. I mean, you know, and that's just is what it is. It's just the nature of the beast. It's kind of, you know, you didn't accomplish that final goal, so you want to get back at it and it will accomplish your goal. So it's pretty much, you know, really, you know, your body may not, your body might be telling you, relax for a few months. <laughs> your mind is telling you, let's get back at it. So that was Dwight Freeney. Um, who at the time was playing for the Colts, now plays for the Chargers. Um, and Dwight is actually from Connecticut. He's actually from uh, uh, Bloomfield, um, Connecticut. And I had a, I had, a, um, had done some things here with his father, and it took me two, two seasons to actually get him um, and many phone calls and talking to agents and reps. And finally his father just said, I'll make it happen. And lo and behold, he got him to call into the show. I'm going to play a second Dwight Freeney clip that was um, huge, and I'll tell you why after. But here's the second Dwight Freeney clip. Before I do that, I hear cornerback uh, uh, Werner um, looks like he's going to the Bucks, so he's going to take Revis's spot. Uh, but I-, I caught that real quick on NFL Network. We'll talk about that in a minute. But here's the second uh, Dwight uh, uh, Freeney uh, spot back from 2010. <laughs> All right, I got a question from the from the audience here. Uh, a guy that goes by the name of EAFL Train. Oh, actually, Train is going to join us, so he's going to ask you a question. Which is a question I was going to ask. But we're going to let him ask. So, um, on the line with us from also from the EAFL, uh, we know him as Train. I think we got him here. Yep, Train. Yeah, here. You are on with you are on with the one and only Dwight Freeney, and you have a question for Mr. Freeney. Yes, I do. How you doing, Dwight Freeney? I'm doing good. How you doing? Good. My question uh, is about the potential uh, change to 18 games per season versus 16. Just wanted to know how you felt about that. 
Well, um, to be honest with you, I don't like it. And that's just me being blunt about it. Just because, you know, you're used to doing certain things a certain way, okay? 16 games, you know, for, and that was what it was. I don't know when they changed it over to 16. But that's, can, I mean, all the records, all, everything is based on 16, 17. To turn to 18 games, I mean, just from a, you know, a statistical stat, you know, comparing generations, it becomes hard all of a sudden you say, okay, you got to compare from 18 to 16. Well, 18 is, you know, it's kind of like when you, back in the day when they had, you know, boxing was 15 rounds or 16 rounds and, you know, now it's 12. It's kind of like, well, these guys didn't fight as long. And so from a generation to generation standpoint, but from a, from a perspective, from a player perspective, just in general, how it is on your body, 16 games, people don't realize it. Your body is just, it's being put through so much trauma. It's really trauma is just happening all over. It's like every collision is like a minor car crash, right? So you're really just trying to listen. I'm just trying to make it through the season here, right? You add on two more games at the end of the season, it makes it even worse. You're going to have guys hurt in the playoffs, you know, and some guys can't even last the whole season. Never mind. You know, that's 16 games. So, Dr. Train, um, known as Train then, still working towards his Ph.D., calls in and asks a great question. Now, that, quote, that, that actual response from Dwight Freeney became the cover story for Blog Talk Radio at the time that he didn't like 16, the 16 game and was then quoted on, on ESPN. They did not give credit to the Madden Voice. But the next day, they said, in a recent interview, Dwight Freeney spoke out against the, the proposed 18-game schedule. So, you know, somehow in there, ESPN caught wind that Freeney was on our show and quoted him, but probably figured they couldn't reference the Mad Voice without having to pay me a royalty or something. I don't know. But, um, but that, that actually made it, became worldwide news without us getting credit for it. So I just thought I'd share that. That was, uh, that was actually um, some of our best shows were done in the summer, believe it or not, even though the NFL, that was, that was June uh, 29th, 2010, four years ago, Dwight Freeney joining the Madden Voice. All right. Yeah, I remember. Um, that was pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, you, you, see, you sound a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> You know, hey, hi, good, good, good to meet you, Dwight Freeney. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's funny. J, JB, you still with us? Oh yeah, just cracking up. <laughs> okay, just hey, making man. sure. Good to meet you. Good to meet you. <laughs> Freeney, will you please answer this question for me? I'm so nervous. I've never done this before with the man of your stature. This is my pre-doctor <laughs> voice. Watch what I sell. Okay. <laughs> Well, you know, we, we talk about me having come a long way, um, but you can obviously hear the difference in Dr. Train now and four years ago, you know, and, and, and you know, one of the things I think, you know, when we talk about the Madden voice, um, you know, and, and I, I, I thought long and hard for the last couple of weeks if I was going to mention this guy's name or not, but um, I will briefly mention that one of the guys that really helped uh, with the league back then and helped with the show was Coach K., um, Coach K and I don't speak anymore. Um, 
you know, we had a falling out. But um, to give credit where credit is due, he had a lot to do with the success of the EAFL, had a lot to do with the success of um, the Mad Voice. He now does um, C4, compete, compete for something that something like that he does now. And um, he's also in the Game Changers program. But, you know, Coach K was a Madden player, and that's it. And I spotted something in him that I thought could be developed. And he became a commissioner, and it just blew from there. And, you know, if if he ever sat back and thought about it, had I not tagged him to become a commissioner and then to become leadership in the AFL, it would have never segued into what he's been doing uh, over the last few years since since the AFL has um, disbanded. And, uh, you know, and, and Dr. Train you know, was reluctant to join the show and now does a great job on the show. We've had Wingman, we've had Govalls, of course, K-Star. You know, there's been a, a number of people that have come through that I think were able, you know, Govalls was a co-host of mine on here. Um, not the most likable guy in the world, but did a great job running the show and then segued into doing a Tennessee, he, he, he went to the University of Tennessee. He's a big Tennessee volunteer sports fan. So then he started doing his own Tennessee volunteer sports show and, and actually landed a co-hosting job for ESPN Radio out in Tennessee for a little while. Now, he didn't last because he just did. But, I mean, all of that started from co-hosting you know, the Madden Voice or EAFL Radio. I'm not sure what, what we were at the time. And, and so it's always been fun to bring people on and watch us all grow and develop and become comfortable. And um, um, I don't have any older clips of K-Star, but I'm sure I could find a few. And uh, now I hear K-Star um, is out there actually with the mic in his hand at tournaments. Is this what I'm hearing, K-Star? You're actually out there doing commentary at tournaments now? I'm an entertainer, man. People want me uh, near a microphone as much as possible. They want to hear King K-Star speak. They want to hear this handsome uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio Madden say what he has to say because my opinion is very relevant and because I just you know I, I do what I do on the microphone. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And to be, and I think that's more proof that this show uh, has definitely been a great you know launching pad for a lot of people in terms of getting their quote unquote mic ability ready to develop and you know hone in on their skills. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. I mean, again, like I did commentary at Atlanta. Uh, a few weeks ago for uh, the Madden stream out there and had a lot of really good feedback, uh, which I'm excited about. But, again, it's developed through uh, yelling at you guys a lot and disagreement and all that good stuff. So it's been very positive. And I like that. I like that. You know, there's no secret that I would love for this to turn into something bigger and greater. And, um, you know, whether it's for me individually or whether it's for us as a team or whether you guys actually want to get serious and do something, hey, you know, it would be great. Um, You know, but in the meantime, we will continue to be here week after week doing what we do, what I think we do very well. The Madden Voice, 347-838-9525, 347-838-9525. Free agency update. So I am uh, what I said was correct. Uh, Alterain Werner has signed with the Bucks, four-year deal, $26.5 million, 14 guaranteed. So clearly um, that, that is uh, because Revis is on his way out. Um, it looks like Darren Sproles 
is going to be on the trading block instead of being released. That is the latest news out of New Orleans um, because apparently there's a lot of people, and I, you know, I, I think rightfully so, uh, in Darren Sproles. Um, K-Star, what do you know about Mike Mitchell coming to the Steelers? I know that he is the heir apparent to Ryan Clark. He's a, a younger guy that is very talented and is a very much a big hitter. Uh, he was actually the guy in, in Carolina last year that set the tone in the secondary with a lot of the big hits. A lot of the physicality was derived from his play um, at the free safety position. And so to pair him with Troy, it's not like they're trying to bring in a younger type of thumper uh, like they did when your young Ryan Clark came into Pittsburgh. And I'm very excited about it because, again, uh, this guy's a pretty good player. He's not really great against the pass, uh, but we started a lot against the run last year, and he has a lot more range. Uh, than Ryan Clark does, you know, at this point of his um, senior career. So I'm very excited about the Mike Mitchell signing. I didn't think that we were going to make any kind of impact signing whatsoever, but he's very underrated. Cool. JB, Jared Allen is out there, and he is set to meet with the Broncos. If you're the Broncos, do you want a 34-year-old Jared Allen on your team? Yes, I would take him. He's got a high motor. Relentless pass rusher, I definitely would take him. You may not only get about one or two good years out of him, but I'd give it a shot. I apologize. He's 31. I, I, I'm mistaken. I thought he was 34. He's actually 31. Even better. That makes it about three to four years of, of some decent productivity from him. I definitely would give him a shot. Okay. Dr. Train, um, Ahmad Bradshaw was injured last season. It looks like he is not going to retire, and he's going to stay with the Colts. What do you think? Do you think Bradshaw's got any tread left on his tires? Man, um, for the Colts situation, I think they're, they're going to need uh, definitely a more stable running back, definitely to help Andrew look out. So I can understand keeping Bradshaw um Definitely, as an insurance policy, is he is a, he is a running back that can that can catch passes out the backfield as well. So, I mean, it's good for them for an insurance policy, but I know they'll be looking for um, uh, uh, you know better player to solidify that position, and it may be you know the guy they traded for, uh, Trent Richardson. Yeah, and Donald Brown's a free agent, and he was a much better runner last year than Trent Richardson, and. Um he he's a free agent right now and I'm not sure I understand that. Um you know, and shout out to Yukon cuz uh you know, that's where Donald Brown came from, but uh Richardson did get going a little bit later in the season, but Brown was averaging 7 yards a carry. So, I mean, I I'm not sure, you know, it's another hmm, you know, not really sure. Um I'm not really sure what they're thinking there. I'm not sure why I mean, I guess they've got a pretty good investment in Richardson, but you really want to let Donald Brown go? Um, I think in situations like that is, you know, you have you have this player that performed well, but they're not going to give you the hometown discount. They right. want to, you know, they want to be paid. Uh, they feel they know that they know their worth to the offense. They know what they were able to do in in reference to the competition on the team itself. Uh, the other running backs at the position, so uh, he wants to be paid. And I think it's one of those things where the Colts say, hey, 
Luke is the man here, not the running back. Right, 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 right. Um, I'm just going through the latest news here, and it looks like, again, uh, Cleveland looks like they are trying to sign uh, receiver Andre Hawkins from the Bengals. And it looks like they've given him an offer sheet. Yeah, he signed and, an offer uh, sheet. Right, and it looks like Cincinnati's got 10 days to match. But, um, and it looks like the word on the street is that it is unlikely that the Bengals are going to match what the Browns have offered. No, uh, not with not with that, the other young guy who showed up. Got the yeah. receiver's name. Help. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's that's the thing about free agency is it's actually moving. I mean, literally, as we speak, which is one of the reasons why I didn't want to wait till the twentieth to do a show. Um, you know, it's actually. I mean, things are moving as as you know. I mean, Jarius Bird just signs with the Saints. You know, literally uh, five minutes ago got announced, and so um, you know, free agency is is moving, and it's going to continue over the next few days. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. What do the teams that we're focusing on and we've been looking at do, and what where do the where do the free agents land? Um, I'm looking around here. Uh, Linville Joseph and the Vikings reach a five-year deal. Uh, why does that name? Okay, somebody educate me. Uh, that name is ringing a bell, but I can't place it. Linville Joseph. Um, Let's see. He was with the Giants. Okay, that's why I know the name. And he's a D lineman with the Giants, and now he's going to um, the Vikings. Okay. Five years, gotcha. thirty-one point million. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very interesting. All right, and uh. Our last clip of the night, our last clip of the night is uh, a recent guest, as many people know, and I hate, to, I hate to end our clips on a somber note, but it's really a, note, a noteworthy guest that we had on the Madden Voice, you know, and as, as probably everyone in NFL land knows, uh, Aaron Hernandez uh, from Bristol, Connecticut, uh, played for the New England Patriots, played in a Super Bowl. Um, and is accused of at least one murder, uh, and it could be another one pending. And uh, as I've talked about on the Madden Voice, I actually met Aaron um, literally a month before he was arrested. And at that party that I was at where I met Aaron, I also met Odin Lloyd, who was murdered a month later. Um, and because being from Bristol and currently living in Bristol and having roots here, um, you know, know a lot of people, and one of the people that I've been acquainted with is uh, Aaron uh, Hernandez's cousin, Randy Garcia. And Randy had been on um, news, had been on local news and on uh, national news, uh, kind of talking about Aaron, and we were able to get him to come on the Madden Voice. So uh, Randy Garcia, Aaron Hernandez's cousin, uh, coming on to the Madden Voice and this was uh, June 28th. And again, it's kind of funny that just about every clip that I got 
from one of our more popular shows was June. Pretty funny. But anyway, Randy Garcia. So let's let's just you know let's ju- let's jump right into it. And my my first question is you know talk to us about being a family member and and watching all of the media coverage. Talk to us about how you feel the media has portrayed your cousin and his alleged involvement in in this in this crime. Well, first off, you know. Um, um, the media is really portraying him to be a, a monster that he's not. And um, growing up uh, as a as the family back in the 60s and the 70s um, and early 80s, um, we were a close-bonded uh, uh, union, we a family, and we supported each other. and And that's the way it still is today. Um, we know that Aaron is sitting in prison, and we know that he's. Um, you know, uh, I, I would call it suffering a little bit because you can't see his family or you can't see, uh, you know, the people that really care about him. But um, we know the media has to portray something. and They have to do their job in, in uh, getting the story uh, ampered up a little bit. But uh, um, we just keep praying, you know, that um, we keep praying from every day and we keep praying for the family and um, for um, or the old and Lord's family also. So there you go, Randy Garcia, cousin of Aaron Hernandez, June 28th on the Madden Voice. So as you can see over the years, the Madden Voice, uh, we've had a uh, plethora of different levels of guests, and uh, it, it has been a great run of uh, six years doing this show. And uh, who knows what the future is going to bring for the Madden Voice who knows who may call in? Who knows um, what guests we may be able to schedule? Who knows who's who's listening? You just you just never know. Um, I've got 2,300 Facebook friends. I've got 11,000 uh, um, Twitter followers. So you you just never know who might be listening or who might tune into the Madden Voice. But it's just it's just been a great run. Um, before before we get out of here, the last person I want to talk about. And I don't know why I left him last, but it just intrigues me. Um, one of the greatest, you know, and there's other things we could talk about. I, I wanted to make the show positive. We didn't talk about Darren Sharper uh, and, and the, the rape, and we didn't talk about Richie Incognito and, you know, him committing himself and beating up his Ferrari and that whole debacle. Um, and maybe we'll get to that stuff in another show. I don't think, I don't think those stories are going anywhere. Um, but Michael Vick. <laughs> the enigma himself he's out there and let me ask jb you know you're f- very familiar with michael vick he was former falcon former eagle uh former uh a felon <laughs> um you know it, it, one do you think he's going to find a home two if he does do you think he'll be a starter and three you know where do you think in your opinion would be a good fit. Not where will he end up, because we, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. We don't know where he'll end up. But who do you think might benefit from a Michael Vick? JB. Uh, those are all good questions and tough questions. Um, I, I do think he'll land somewhere. I think he will be a starter. Uh, the unfortunate side about Michael Vick, all, all of us know this, is his uh, – the chances of him getting injured are extremely high because of the type of style that he plays. So a good spot for him 
say I'm not sure if there is an ideal spot or even a good spot. There, there needs to be some type of fit between himself and off the coordinator. And he'll land somewhere, but honestly, he would be a good fit for him because he's going to be 34. He's got some tread on those tires just a little bit, but his 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 need to have to make a play always hurts him figuratively and literally. That's what happened to him when he was with the Falcons. That's what happened to him when he was with the Eagles. He always felt like he needed to make a play anytime something broke down. So in, in terms of teams, I'm not going to give you a team because I'm just not sure, but he needs to be on a team where there's already some weapons in place for him so he doesn't feel like he has to make a play every single time. Now, what team is out there that would fit that bill? I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. Train, you've lost uh, McCown. That's correct, right? Can you sign someone? Uh, isn't he a free agent? Yeah, he's a free agent, but, you know, he hasn't okay. signed with anyone yet, so I'm still hoping no, to bring him no, back. No, no, I mean, he's a free agent, but would, would, you take him as, would you take him with the Bears? Who, Michael Vick? Yeah. Uh, No. I don't. I don't like Vic's style of play for what we do. Holds on to the ball too long. Uh, doesn't really look downfield when he when he looks to run. No, I don't. I don't. I don't like his style of play for for the offense that we run. Uh, for me personally, uh, I think Vic should go to simply be a backup in a system that you know may need him. Maybe Seattle. Maybe Carolina. Maybe can, uh, Kansas City. All those uh, uh, systems that have been geared to, you know, mobile quarterbacks, be a backup, finish off a career. I don't see him being a starter for anything. Okay. K-Star, thoughts on Michael Vick? Yeah, I think he should go to Minnesota. I can't hear you. Yeah, I can't hear him either. Hey, Star. Yeah. Take the speakerphone yeah. off, man. Yep. I don't yeah, know what you're doing. He just dropped. He just dropped. So, oh, okay. Um, um, you know, what I'm reading, um, the Jets really are very interested. They want someone that can push Geno Smith. Um, the Bills and Raiders are also looking. So, And, and um, I put them with. See, I heard that story earlier this, actually last week, about um, the Jets being interested in in uh, in big services. And what's that going to do to Geno Smith? I mean, if you bring Vic in, he he becomes really the, the starter of that team. And I can't see them putting Geno back on the bench after they already had him start several games as a rookie last year. So if the Jets bring bring Vic in. I think that's going to cause them to go backwards and not forwards. Long well, I, I, I think I think you can bring him in and you make it an open competition for the starting job. And I think that, you know, I mean, Sanchez, and I don't even know if he's still with the team, frankly, because I don't know what, you know, his contract, but he's not good enough to um, – compete for the starting position. He's just not. But you bring in a Vic, and now, you know, let's see, okay, Geno Smith, you know, you, you want to you wanna be the starter. 
we're bringing in this guy who, you know, everybody knows his history, and you've got to win the job. And I, you know, frankly, I don't. I think that. I think this. I think that's okay because if he can't beat him out in training camp, he doesn't deserve to start. You know, here we go. You want the job? I, I think there's just another, another New York media, though, because as soon as Geno throws the two picks, they're going to be clamoring for Vic. And, and I Absolutely. agree, you need to have going to push Geno. But I don't know if you want somebody like Vic to push Geno. Actually, McCown would be a good spot. To, to bring him in there because he'll push him, but not so much where he makes a couple of mistakes and, and he'd be in Geno and they bring him McCown. They're not going to clamor for McCown the way they're going to for Michael Vick. And that's because Vick will go in there and win some games for him. And that's the whole point. And so, you know, it's not about coddling somebody and babying them. If you're not good enough, then you're sitting. So if we can get a better quarterback in here and you throw picks – and it's time to sit you, then you're getting sit. <laughs> it's plain simple. So here's the solution. Here you go. Try this one. Don't throw fix. I don't know if Vic or Vic will, fix any, will help with any other situation in either the Jets or Oakland uh, for the simple fact that both teams are struggling with just having weapons, period. Solid wide receivers, solid tight ends, solid running backs. You got to realize, Geno Smith didn't play good enough to earn the starting position. Geno Smith didn't play good enough. He played better than Sanchez. That's his claim to fame. That's it. That's all he got. So if he had played lights out, then I'd be with you saying, don't bring Vic in. The guy's shown you what he can do. He's played well. He did not. <laughs> he did not. And I was, I was in his corner. I thought he was the starter for that team. But he had some really crappy games. So, hey. <laughs> You know, you had your you had your chance to lock this position down. You didn't do it. So we're going to go out there and find the best quarterback that we can, and we're going to have an open competition. I, I think it'd be a great fit, frankly. I don't know if I'm if I'm big. I, I mean, you can you can look for a situation that you're going to be a starter. I don't know how successful the team will be uh, in itself. Now the Jets were the Jets did win some games on the Geno Smith uh, defense, kind of. Uh, showed up here and there, and they were able to be a contender for a little bit there, but, you know, they faltered down the stretch uh, due to uh, lack of offense and, you know, defense caving in here and there. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't see Vic helping to resurrect that team at all. Well, I think he can, I think he can perform as good. I think he could outplay what we saw from Geno Smith last year, and that's who they got. And, and we already know that's a huge question mark because of his style of play, like I was saying before. If you don't have weapons for him to throw the ball to, he's going to take off and start running. And one good lick, and he's out two to three weeks minimum. So if you okay. bring in Michael, who are you bringing to back him up if you're going to put Geno back on the sideline? You're going to have a, a, a quarterback carousel on your hands. Well, I mean, I, I think I think that this, the his style of play is going to have to fit the team style of play. Um, you know, the the Eagles style of play when Vic was the starter was based on Vic. Chip Kelly goes in and makes it, you know, his his um, you know, his kind of his what do they call it, whatever he does, the read option, but there's you know, running whatever he does, you know. And that fit Vic perfectly. But Vic got hurt. <laughs> you know, uh, but it fit him, it fit his style, but he got hurt. And, and you know, Vic, I mean, that is a problem with Vic. And, and, and is, is health 
and ball security. That's going to be a problem. That's why the teams interested in him are not playoff teams. Buffalo, Jackson, Oakland, the Jets. But can he help all of those teams? Sure. Because none of them, I mean, Oakland had prior, you know, but Jets, Geno didn't play very well. You know, Jacksonville had Gabbert. He's gone. Buffalo, man, you're talking about uh, um, quarterback carousel. So, I mean, hey, you bring in a 34-year-old Vic for a year or two, his last job on the way out, you know, give him some uh, his experience because he was a pretty good quarterback back in his Atlanta days. And, uh, yeah, I I, 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 I like it. You know, if we didn't have Kyle Orton, I wouldn't mind him being on the Cowboys. But, you know, I think Kyle Orton's a better option for Dallas. But I wouldn't mind having Vic on the Cowboys. I mean, as a backup, of course. But anyway. um, You can be out there in Oakland. K-Star, welcome back. Uh, Did I get you in that? Hold on. K-Star, welcome back. Last topic of the night is Michael Vick. You have a... Yeah, you guys, you guys all dropped the ball. I'm glad I came back. He needs to go to the Vikings. That's where he will prosper. He's on that turf, the field turf. He's playing with Adrian Peterson, so he's not going to do a whole lot. You know, they have a young, talented receiver in Cordell Patterson. They have a veteran in uh, Greg Jennings. Um, to me, I feel like Michael Vick is a perfect fit in Minnesota where they can actually... You know, resurrect his career, and then he can also potentially get them into a wild card position uh, with Adrian Peterson and on by his side. Uh, that would not be a bad fit. I just wonder if they have any interest in him. Mm, yeah. I don't. Did we lose the K star again? No, I'm here. Um, so one thing though, I, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but Adrian Peterson been clamoring for him uh, past yes. few days anyway. I'm not yes. sure if. That means the team, of course, is interested, as you said, but I just don't see why they wouldn't be. Their backup option is, you know, Christian Ponder. I believe they have the eighth round or eighth pick overall uh, in the draft next year, so I really doubt they're going to get one of their top three quarterbacks that they're targeting. Um, and so I don't see why not. You know, if you get Vic, at least if he goes down, you still have a competent starter who can move around um, to a lesser degree that, like Michael Vick could and Christian Ponder. And, you know, I, I just think it's a good thing. And, and, and K-Star, whoever your cell phone provider is, you should sue them for malpractice. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, we are at the end of the Madden Voice. Free agency is off and running. And uh, let me go around and get final thoughts from my co-hosts. And uh, first and foremost, uh, let's go to the newest host of the Madden Voice, JB. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Actually, on a, on a football lady night, it's really going to be non-football related. Uh, I really want to do a special uh, get wells to one of my colleagues. She had to have surgery today, and she's doing much better. And obviously to our aunt, Athena, uh, that had surgery last week. I'm glad she feeling much better, so I just want to give shout-outs to those two. Here, here. Amen. Amen to that. All right. Uh, K-Star, final words. Just seeing where everyone falls in the free agency, uh, you know, in the drop of the hat. People are – there's still a lot of really good players. This is a deep free agency class. I mean, you still got Julius. You still have Allen out there. You still have Revis. You know, there's a lot of very good players. Decker. So I'm just excited to see where everyone lands uh, and seeing how the chips fall. All right. Thank you, K-Star. And last but not least, Dr. Train, any final thoughts? 
Man, that was a couple of subjects that we didn't hit, but I'll just give my, my two-second spiel on each one. Alshon Werner, I know you mentioned it, but with him going to Tampa Bay, uh, I don't know what that means for Charles Tillman. Hopefully he ends up back in Chicago. Uh, and then you had uh, Julian Elliman on the uh, on the agenda. And, you know, playing with Tom Brady and getting 105 catches is, is one thing. But unless he's going to the one or the four horsemen uh, as a new team, he might want to stick with the Patriots. So, other than that, they offered him a three-year uh, deal. They offered him huh? a three-year deal. We'll see. They yeah. they offered him a deal, so we'll see. Exactly. So he might want to take that three-year deal. That, that's in my opinion. Uh, but um, other than that, I just keep an eye on this free agency and uh, hope the Bears continue to uh, man sign some people because our defense was atrocious. <laughs> I I I I agree. Here here. All right. Thank you, Doctor Train. Uh, all right, so um, listen, it has been six great years of doing the Madden Voice from talking about the little EAFL Football League to talking about NFL, all the great guests, all the people that have supported the show, all the people that have listened to the show, um, you know, Adam out there in Australia uh, listens to the show and uh, a lot of uh, friends and, and, and that I, you know, I always get surprised when someone will say, oh, yeah, I, I saw the link on your Facebook page, so I listened to the show. Wow, you know, pretty good job. And, uh, you know, and it's usually someone I had no idea was listening to the show. Um, you know, I've had different uh, uh, young ladies that have come in and out of my life and, uh, you know, while they were in my life, <laughs> they listened to the show, which was always a, a nice little, a nice little touch. Uh, and even had my own mom and dad calling in uh, and, and saying, you know, great show, son, keep up the good work. And now, of course, my own brother, you know, it's, he's down in Atlanta. I'm here in, in, in Connecticut. And unfortunately, we don't get to see each other. But just to know that I can connect with him uh, doing the show is great. And, you know, I just have to say, you know, really, um, one day I'd like this to turn into a career for me. And if it never happens, I won't lose much sleep over it because I've enjoyed doing this on this level. This has been a lot of fun for me. I've enjoyed every show we've ever done, even through the technical difficulties, even through the drop phone calls, even through the arguments, you know, um, having shows with 10 listeners, having a show with, you know, 7,000 listeners. Um, it, 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 it has just been nothing but a thrill and, a, and just a lot of fun. And I must say to everybody who has ever done anything to help the Madden Voice, from the bottom of my heart for everything that makes me who I am, I have to just say thank you. Because without all of you, I couldn't be able to do this with the people that I do this with. It, it, it means nothing to me without everybody that has, if you spent five minutes and listened to the show, thank you. I, I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And I can only hope that for the next several years we can continue to bring you the best NFL talk on the internet that we can the best that we can do for you we will do period here at the Madden Voice so um, lastly I will say next week we'll be back uh, at least I will be here and I can't I haven't checked with my co-host yet but I'm coming back next Tuesday night to follow up on free agency to see what were the big moves that have happened in the last week and how do those moves affect the power 
uh, rankings in the NFL. So next Tuesday night, a week from now, we are going to be back here, 8 o'clock, live to talk about what happened. Where did DeMarcus Ware, Julian Edelman, Charles Tillman, Ryan Clark, all of these uh, free agents, Michael Vick, where did they end up? Or are they with Tim Tebow? <laughs> okay, I had to get my little Tebow kick in there. Uh, so we'll be back here next Tuesday night, uh, 8 o'clock, talk about the Madden voice. And, uh, again, thank you, everyone, for the support. Looking forward for six more great years. And, and remember, the Madden voice, all feuds, always settled on the field. Good night.